welcome everybody. It's time once again for another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. With your host, the host with the most, Matt Hines. Thanks very much, everyone, for joining us on Sales Pipeline Radio. We are here every week at 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern, uh, live on Funnel Media Radio Network. We are available on uh, the iTunes and the uh, Google Play. Our podcast is available on demand on salespipelineradio.com. All past, present, and future episodes, and every week we're featuring some of the best and brightest minds in B2B sales and marketing, and today is no different. Our guest is uh, super busy and has a commitment at the top of the hour. want to get right to our guest. We have Alyssa Fink. She is the CMO for Tableau Software. Hey, Matt. Hey, how are you doing? I've got so many different angles I want to take with you. A couple of things specifically. You have, yeah. you have successfully gone from CMO at the startup to taking that company to being a billion-dollar enterprise, and that is not... That is not a common thing for, for, for startups to get to that point, first of all, but also for the startup CMO to continue through that rapid rise. What are some of the kind of learnings you've had and some of the keys to success to, to that kind of longevity and success at a variety of stages of, of a company where marketing ends up being very different? Well, that's a great question because you definitely do sort of you know, have to be, be true to that sort of cycle because it, it does exist. It really does exist. And so I think, you know, it's part of it is um, just recognizing that it is a cycle, but, but always keeping your eye on the ball. Like, what is the most important thing, the, the, the critical thing that we've got to make happen in this cycle or this, this phase of the company? So early on, it was like, oh, my God, awareness and feeding the beast, feeding the sales beast, you know, just like, and building the brand on the backs of demand generation. I mean, just that was what it was. And then as you get bigger and more well-known, then it moves into other areas of just broader awareness, second-order awareness, and, and still feeding, of course, demand generation, but starting to build out your message and what you stand for and who you're about and, and again, concentrating on how the product delivers in different problem spaces and how do we adjust the message, how do we bring the message closer to the customer and their problem rather than early days you get a lot of people who who are who have imagination about uh, new tools and are excited about that kind of thing. So I think the important part, part of it is just being aware and being yeah. aware that, you know, you're constantly kind of moving forward and then having a great team and having the right people and doing great hiring is the thing you know i don't i look at myself as like really fortunate because i have really great people that work on the marketing team who's part of my marketing leadership team and that's grown over time and bringing in the right people at the right time and giving them the space and to do what they do to, to know your own areas that you're weak but where you get strength from other people and how to make a, an environment where you get the best out of people together is I think another thing that, you know, that can take you a long way of just recognizing how to get the best out of people, how to get them to work together, how to build that team so that as the challenges change and as the phases roll along, you're just getting the actors, different acts of the play to come forward in the right in the right moments of drama and you make great stuff happen. Well, I love that. Love feedback. And I do want to get back to the idea of sort of people and culture here in a second. But yeah, I remember when I was at a startup and, you know, we managed to get past early startup days and into a little bit of growth phase. And, you know, there's a there's a difference there. And one of the key differences I noticed is going from being kind of mostly reactive and agile to kind of getting a little bit of a, to being able to see more than a couple of weeks in front of you and trying to be more proactive <laughs> for a lot of companies that maybe aren't thinking about getting to the billion dollar phase, but just sort of getting from kind of crazy making into a growth phase where things become a little more predictable or there's a little more process. Are there any best practices for making that move? Are there any sort of things people should be looking for to know when it's time to sort of get out of reactive and become more proactive? 
Oh, gosh, that is such a great question. It's actually one of the more challenging things, that old consultant story about a frog in, in a pot of water that gets heated, doesn't know mm. when to jump out and gets right. boiled, as opposed to, you, you know, you would jump out of hot water if you knew it. So in a lot of ways, it is hard because you're kind of rolling along day to day. You're making stuff happen. I think one of the things that as a company that really helps have low is just we're pretty religious about our focus on our mission, constantly how we're helping people see and understand data. And so as you get more opportunities to help, that helps. I think from the get-go, the company was kind of built and imagined to be a market-changing company that would grow. So we kind of always had that in our minds. And we never used to talk, uh, even in the short run, about, like, you know, exit strategies or the next round of financing. You know, we just never got caught up in sort of that, the trap um, of startup land that sometimes take you off your mission, take you off customers, take you off the focus of building great products for people that are going to get lots of value out of it. So I think just in the background is all of that. But then in the foreground, it's very much like, God, you do have to scale. And you do kind of like, you know, when you're a startup and you're nimble and you're agile and you're just kind of reacting and proacting and you're take opportunistic. I mean, it's kind of, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of an addiction. I admit it. I, I can be that way. And so as you scale and bring in people in your saner moments, you realize you have to bring in people that can help you scale, who can help build scale. So we've brought in some folks, particularly in the marketing group, that, you know, scale is their thing. And I recognize, you know what, that is something that, you know, you get at the startup the startup frenzy, the startup, like I said, startup uh, attitude, startup addiction, you, you've got to bring those people in if you feel like that's not something that I can recognize well because you're just kind of day-to-day and accustomed to running around. So bring in people and bring uh, who, who recognize this, who've been there, done that, scaled things, and then enable them. You know, recognize in your saner moments, we have got to scale. You know, just not always, it's not the day-to-day thing of scale, but you've just got to scale. You've just got to be thinking about that. And you got to let things go. The other thing I push people on is a little bit like tell the old folks, like, don't be offended when people come in here and say, we got to do this differently because for our old ways, they worked. Okay. And then I tell new people, you know, just be accepting. Okay, things have changed. We made the right decisions at the right time. We were doing the right thing. But as time passes, new things happen, new stuff happens, people come in. Accept that. Accept that there are things we've tried in the past might actually work now. There's new stuff we've never tried. We need to be open to that. So you got you know, try to bring along the, the old folks, the 10-year folks, and then the new folks. I'm, I'm constantly saying, look, we, we weren't making stupid decisions, so don't come in here and go, oh, my God, what a disaster. This was, there was nothing here. There was, I was came into a wasteland. That's pretty insulting to the people who were here building it. You have to come in and understand first. We didn't do, people didn't do stupid things on purpose. It might look stupid in retro, but at the time we made those decisions, at the time the people did those things, it actually worked and it was successful and then we've just outgrown it. So your job is to help us get to the next phase. So it's kind of a little bit of like respect the past, but plan for the future and respect the future. Respect that there's a need for change. But respect, you know, what was, 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 and that's good, and, and celebrate it, but move on. Let's keep moving forward, keep pushing forward. Conti- I, I say this term, continuous, measurable improvement. That's what it's all yeah. about. So I'm not looking for overnight perfect scale. I'm not looking for overnight a perfect process. But I am looking for progress forward on all of those things. Yeah. Boy, if, boy, Paul, if you wanted a 20-minute or less masterclass in marketing management through stages of growth, we got it here today with uh, Alyssa Fink. She's the CMO <laughs> of Tableau Software. And I do want to get back to culture. I think, you know, one thing I've noticed with companies both where, where I was before as well as seeing them with our clients is 
culture clash sometimes between the early scrappy folks and those that come in that know how to yeah. scale, that want to put process in yeah. place. You know, the early stage yeah. folks may think that process is a little draconian and unnecessary, but really it is. It is valuable for growth. And your your point about yeah. being maybe a little less defensive, being empathetic and understanding mm-hmm. other perspectives other than yours are going mm-hmm. to help the team grow and ultimately help yeah. everyone be successful and reap the rewards of that is key to this. I do want to shift gears really quick. You have so you've been <laughs> at Tableau for a long time. You ran marketing for a number of startups before that. But you started your career selling ads for Wall Street Journal, and I think there aren't yeah, that right. many CMOs today that have any kind of a sales background. How did having a, a direct, you know, sort of quota-carrying role in a selling environment help you be a better CMO today? Oh, gosh. I think it's something that I tell early marketers all the time, and especially ones that I see that have a little, even even telemarketing experience. I'm like, you don't know how valuable that is. That is super <laughs> valuable. For at least three reasons. One is for sure you're just up close and personal with like the process of people, an individual person buying. I mean, we think it's scale, we think in mass segments, we think groups move through journeys, but it's not. It's indiv- people move through journeys, individuals move through journeys and the journey to buy and become a customer and stay a customer. So when you get that up close and personal, it's just stuff you're just empathetic to it. You just understand what it means to go through it. And then secondly, you understand your sales organization so much better. You understand what it's like for a salesperson to have to pick up the phone every day or make sales calls or, or a hard scrabble scratch for leads or just close the deal. What's it feel like? It feels great to close a deal. What's it feel like to lose a deal? It feels horrible. You know? so, <laughs> but then it's also, it tells you a lot about your product and how, how you see macro messages turn into individual messages when you're visiting customers. So you really just get just a real sense of the buying cycle, the customer journey, how people stay in your franchise, why they stay, the personal relationship. I just think it's super valuable. And then I guess just thirdly, again, it's sort of that mac. You you see it end to end. You you know you get the you you get the results of what your marketing team has done, and then you're supposed to bring it to deals and get customers. So you see it both in the, the macro perspective and the micro perspective, and and you see it from way back as a marketer. You know what it takes to get awareness built and people interested in your product. But then as a salesperson, you really know what it take that and turn it into something. So yeah. I just I just think it makes me incredibly empathetic both to buyers and to sellers and to marketers. And so I think it's a really valuable experience. And it also convinced me, uh, gee, you know what? This is probably the most important lesson. I was okay at it. I worked hard to be okay at it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my joy. And I started getting into the sort of the, like the demographics of our subscription. It got me into numbers. And I realized this is not the thing that gets me juiced up every day, it gets me excited getting up every day. I'm not psyched to close deals. I'm not psyched to go meet people. That isn't my thing. My thing is like, wow, understanding, you know, how people buy, why they buy, what what can I do to persuade them on a macro level? What can I write? What can I say? What can we do? So it really taught me go chase things that get you excited and get you up in the morning. Because if you have that passion for what you're doing, you just have so much better than an odds, uh, better odds of being successful and being uh, luckily extraordinarily successful. I've been so lucky at Tableau to just do something I love and I never have to think like hard about, oh God, I have to go to work today. What a drag. I really <laughs> look forward to work, you know? So uh, that's uh, the thing it taught me for sure is like chase 
chase the things you love because it's just going to make your whole life better, easier, and more enjoyable. Well, I love that. And on that note, I think we're going to have to let you go. you got to get to your next meeting at the top of the hour. <laughs> I really, really appreciate all this uh, so much oh, today. Oh, no, this man, is- I'm always, you know, love talking with you, love what you do, love what, you know, your insights. So thank you for all you do for our community of uh, marketers and salespeople. It's a great thing. So I love well, I uh, what you're it. doing. Dude. Thank yeah. you very much. So, yeah. uh, again, okay. Alyssa Fink, she's the CMO at Tableau Software. Always just amazing insights in today's No different. Back in the next couple weeks with more episodes of Sales Pipeline Radio, make sure you join us every week Thursday live at 1130 Eastern, 230 Pacific. You can also join us on the podcast at Google Play and iTunes Store and every episode past, present, future available, salespipelineradio.com. We got to go for my producer, Paul. This is Matt Hines. Thanks for listening to Sales Pipeline Radio. You've been listening to Sales Pipeline Radio, brought to you on behalf of the good folks at Matt Hines Marketing. Right work listeners. Like you.